Hello, I'm John. And I'm Jeremy. And our votes count more than yours, but they shouldn't. A lot more. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Electoral College and how we elect the president, um, specifically the Electoral College, because it's the only way we elect a president. And it's the only uh, sort of system where we elect people who elect someone else for us. So there have been a lot of ways that our, the, the way we vote has changed in this country, but this one has pretty much stayed the same from the beginning. Uh, not everyone used to be able to vote. Uh, the voting base has expanded as time has gone on and become less racist. Yep. And less we, classist. You, have to, you, used to, you used to have to own land. It's true. Oh. So also it used to be that uh, your, your state elected your senator rather than electing senators directly. So there have been you know, numerous ways that we have changed the way we vote in this country. But for some reason, we decided not to change this one. Yeah. And it's the one that's a bit harder to change because it's the only one that's explicitly mentioned in the Constitution. Right. So when the um, landowning, slave-owning people who established the country decided to, to how, how are we going to do this? Uh, they were down to the wire. They could not figure out how we we're going to elect the executive officer. So they pretty much came up with the uh, least intelligent method of doing it to, to where let, let's have a vote to elect people who will elect the executive for people. And was, I, I suppose the idea behind it was let's have a a, a divide, a buffer between people who are uh, voting and the person who is taking power, just in case we need to um, deny the will of the people of the who people. are voting. Which the only time that was ever sort of, you know, potentially could have been used well was in 2016, but mm. they listened to the will of the people. Well, so it really I, brings into question this whole system. It, it's true. It's true. It's uh, as if people who uh, were designing a country on their first try were not infallible. So uh, the um, what one of the also sort of uh, justifications of having an electoral college system is that um, you cannot ignore the you can't ignore everyone. You can't just campaign as like have this really populist campaign and just try to get the most votes. You have to actually go to different places and appeal to different types of people. And this sort of devolved into you have to go to uh, Pennsylvania and Arizona and you have to win those states. So yeah. instead of like having this inclusive system, how it's been justified, it actually has gotten more narrow because yeah. hardly anyone campaigns in New York or California and until recently, Texas. Yeah. So very large swaths of the country get totally ignored. And when was, was the last time a presidential candidate went to Wyoming? Right. Like, not to, not to raise money. Right. I know because they, there's that, uh, there's that. They talk to the eight people who are there and they say, <laughs> all right, we'll see you in four years. Or longer. <laughs> right. And one of the, one of the big fears, like the electoral college hasn't been like this, this bulwark that everyone's defended for quite some time. There have been, a number of times where it's been tried to uh, uh, amend it out of the Constitution. Uh, and one of the, the justifications for that is because there was this fear, especially after the 1968 election, where 
there there are big concerns that someone might lose the popular vote but win the electoral mm. college, which has now happened twice since then. So a bit justified. Yeah. And I think the Republicans haven't won the popular vote except once in the last 30 years. Yeah, it's 2004 when yeah. W got reelected for yeah. some reason. You know, war and stuff. Yeah. Rally around the flag. And even then it was, it, I mean, it was close. <laughs> right. And, and the best of the Democrats could come up with is Kerry. That's the yeah. guy. That, here's our guy <laughs> who's going to. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> neither here nor there because so let's, let's get into a little bit of the history of how the electoral college was nearly abolished. So back in 1968, we had the, uh, elec- the election where there were some concerns about a third party uh, candidate possibly coming in and, and, swooping away with the election because it might have gone to the House of Representatives didn't turn out that way. Richard Nixon narrowly came out with a victory in the electoral uh, college. The good old days with Nixon. (laughs) God. So there's this uh, Democratic senator named Birch Bayh from Indiana, a Democrat from Indiana of all places. (laughs) Yeah, he he became a, he was elected to Congress in 1963 and kind of got appointed to the Senate when an older senator died, kind of took a spot, but then was reelected uh, into the Senate by the people of Indiana. Um, but what, what ended up happening was uh, 53 days after he took uh, his post in uh, the subcommittee um, on uh, the Senate Judiciary, JFK was assassinated. So when that happened, there was a a lot of concern about the order of succession and who takes power when the president is assassinated and then the vice president is also uh, not able to take the office anymore, whether by assassination or otherwise. So that's when we got the 25th Amendment, which went into effect Mm -hmm. in 1967, which gives the order of succession. So because he, this, the senator from Indiana, Senator Bayh, was able to get all this bipartisan support for the 25th amendment. Uh, President Lyndon Johnson said like, Hey, let's take a look at the electoral college. Cause at the time there was very widespread popular support to just abandon the electoral college. And a lot of that derived out of the civil rights movement and Supreme court decisions um, for a lot of elections where it moved much more toward a one person, one vote sort of system. So it was a bit of backstory to this as well. You know, after, Uh, the Civil War and the 13th and the 14th Amendments in the era era of reparations, there were a lot of states, uh, northern and southern states both, that would divide up their congressional districts with a technique or a method that became referred to as malappropriation, which from the name you can probably tell it's a bad thing. So these states would say, okay, well, here's a district. It has 70,000 people. We're going to make that a district, whereas this other district with 30,000 people, we're going to have that be its own district as well. But then they were dividing things up by racial lines. So, you know, you Mm -hmm. have 70,000 black people living here, 30,000 white people living over there. They get equal number of representatives. And that, of course, those things were struck down by Congress in the 19, or not by Congress, by the uh, Supreme Court um, 
in the 1960s during the, the civil rights movement. So kind of on the back of that support for the, this notion of one person, one vote, this radical notion of everyone's vote should count the same, they decided, hey, let's kind of move forward and get rid of this other relic of a voter uh, suppression and favoritism in the electoral college. So the, the biggest opponent to abolishing the electoral colleges was Southern Democrats. Oh, I, I was going to guess, but okay. Southern Democrats, Southern Democrats. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Of course. So, um, and, and one of the, the concerns at the time of, President Johnson in particular was that Southern Democrats would cast electoral votes for third party candidates instead of a mainstream Democrat because of their mm-hmm. opposition to, to this sort of thing. And with by removing an electoral college, you know, Southern Democrats could vote for whoever they want. But as long as a mainstream Democrat won the popular vote, it wouldn't matter. So um, they moved forward with an amendment to abolished the Electoral College. It passed through the House in 1969 with a vote of like 338 to 70, overwhelmingly passed. And then uh, it got delayed in the Senate because of some- uh, The Senate? Yes, because of the Senate. (laughs) It got delayed, the vote got delayed in the Senate because of some hullabaloo over some Supreme Court picks. This is all sounding real familiar. Uh, Yeah, just history (laughs) repeating itself again and again and again. Or Nixon was nominating some people for Supreme the Supreme Court, and there was some some fighting over those nominees. So, in nineteen seventy, it came up for a vote on the floor in the Senate. However, our old racist friend Strom Thurmond decided to throw a wrench into the whole thing. Um, uh, actually, so let, let me rewind for a second. In nineteen seventy, it was defeated by a filibuster. Mm, sure, so, I got rid of that a long time ago too. <laughs> yep. So, but this wasn't the last time that Senator yeah. By decided, like, tried to abolish the Electoral College. It got brought up again multiple times throughout the seventies, just trying to and just trying to move to a national popular vote. So, that's when Strom Thurmond decided to get involved because he needed to erode the popular support for mm. moving to a. a, a popular vote. So what he ended up doing was he, in a great irony, drummed up support from the black and Jewish communities in Northern states, specifically in New York, by convincing them, by having this grift, that they would have more power if they maintained a winner-take-all situation, electoral system. Yep. So by and and of course this was a bad faith argument that he was making uh, at the time the southern states were specifically south carolina where he was from it was still majority white but the 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 further disenfranchisement of black voters in his state depended on continuing a winner take all system so they mm-hmm. can block out to the black vote in the south and in order to continue to do that, he convinced uh, black and Jewish constituents in New York that they would be giving up some of their power in New York if they moved to a one person, one vote sort of system. 
So at the time, rather than give up that little bit of power in an electoral college system, they sided with Strom Thurmond, the racist, and and squashed out popular support for a one-person, one-vote system. So the, the last time that an electoral college amendment came up was in for a full vote was in 1979, where it only got 51 votes, where, mm-hmm. of course, it is the 67-vote supermajority. So many more senators by that time were convinced that they could hang on to their power by having this archaic convoluted system of voting for people who vote for you yeah and this is because like the super majority is because it's a constitutional amendment and you right. need a, a super and that's in the constitution that you need a super majority of of the senate and of the congress the house of representatives to amend the constitution because there's another way to do it which is through the states but that's also like you need a uh, like a 66 percent two-thirds of the states to i think it might decide. be three quarters is yeah i think so even higher right. And there are a number of ways that some states are trying to work around the Constitution. Yeah. I by... think this is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So, like the, uh, I think it was the Young Turks who started it, who started oh, this yeah? move. Yeah, um, where they're getting states to pass a law that says there's because there's interstate compacts that you can have and whatnot, but they're all passing this law that essentially says because it's up to the states to how they how they determine how they divide their electors. So Nebraska and Maine do it by congressional district. And if, you know, Joe Biden won uh, Maine, but Trump took that other congressional district in Maine because he got the majority of the vote in that district. So he got a point for Maine. And then Biden, Nebraska gets a point out of one of the Nebraskan districts because he won the majority in that district. I think it's pretty much Omaha is that district. And so like it's up to states to determine how they divide their electors. So there's this law that's being and it's been passed by, I think, states that it's like California, New York, Oregon, Colorado, Colorado now. Um, It's like 197 votes. So electoral college votes. But it's, you know, when 270, the states representing 270 electoral college votes pass this law comes into effect that they will give the, the winner. They'll give their electoral college votes to the winner of the national popular vote. Right. Which is totally bypassing the constitution. (laughs) Right. Which is supposed to be the highest law on the land. And we're trying to find ways to work around it. And we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to do this where we like come up with these, these, what, what feels like back corner agreements where we're like, okay, if we all vote this way, then we're, we're going to vote this way too. Right. Like we're like, it's an episode of survivor or some shit. The tribe has spoken. (laughs) Right. We, we should we shouldn't have to be this way no but because yeah i think because of the entrenched power structures that that exist um especially right now with i mean it's it's the southern democrats have become the republican party right like, and so like the the mitch mcconnell the also you know as as the villain almost in the story um in the in the contemporary senate knows that to like to keep Republican power in the White House and the executive branch, you have to keep the Electoral College because there's no way they're winning the popular vote on their current platform. It's either deeply change the platform and nature of the Republican Party or disenfranchise people through this through this constitutional system. And because they're bad people, 
they choose yeah. to disenfranchise. And it, like changing their platform would be so easy. They don't have one. There is no yeah. platform. Yeah. So, but did you hear what Rubio Rubio said the other day? Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> hey, he's up, he's coming up. He, 2020, uh, um, 22, I think, is when he's... Yeah. We're going to yeah. get him. <laughs> um, Rubio said that the uh, Republican Party should become the party of like lower working class people. <laughs> okay. How? How are you going right? to manage that? Yeah. But trickery and bad faith. I mean, that's that, that's how they always manage it. Hmm. If, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a... It's a a bizarre negative negative universe where they they convince people like, hey, you're you're poor, you're disenfranchised, but things aren't as bad for you as they are for other people. Hold on one second, <laughs> my children have come into the room. <laughs> yeah, they have. Yeah. I, they have thoughts on this too. Yeah, should we get rid of the electoral college, Charlie? <laughs> What did I say? Yeah, exactly. It's so complicated. It has to be explained. Charlie, if you could say yes or no to something, would you just want to say yes or no? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to interpret that that way. Hold on. I don't remember right. where we were. <laughs> but the, yeah, my children, this, this my, my children of... just came in, so we've just edited, you know, the last two minutes. So this, this sort of system, uh, not only like further entrenches people who have power but then also just continues to appropriate more power uh, to those same people like it, it's not going to get better because uh, populations continue to move into more concentrated areas of the country but because of the way the electoral college is set up places that are losing population will almost essentially be gaining more power yeah and this is i mean this is way because the Senate, you always, a state always has two senators. Mm -hmm. So they will always have at least three electoral college votes. So Wyoming, which, you know, is a smaller population than the city of Orlando, um, has three electoral college votes because they, because they have two senators and a representative. And so and, they have like, and also has uh, less people than Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico who get nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I think DC gets one, maybe something like maybe. that because they, they have they, they have get, an observer. Yeah, they get someone who gets to sit in the back of the room. Yeah, and Great. not vote on there's, laws, but yeah, there's like three million people in that city. Yeah, no, it's 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 a bit it's a bit ridiculous. Um, and you have like 55 million people in California or something like that. I mean, California is yeah. huge. I didn't see that. And, That's the thing is, and it, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion that that state will go democratic so no one bothers campaigning there and you know, there's still millions of people who vote a different way in that state mm -hmm. and their votes don't matter because no one bothers to to ask them what they care about yeah which so if you broke it if you broke the electoral college system and either either abolishing it you know by an amendment in the constitution or by you know this tricky workaround uh <laughs> that is happening uh-huh um like what I, I was listening or reading something, I was engaging with something that was talking about how that could change political, like presidential campaigning. And instead of like, you know, going to these like super rural counties in Pennsylvania to get, you know, marginal votes, like you would have people campaigning in Atlanta and uh, St. Louis and uh, Chicago and Los Angeles. They, you would hit... You would hit urban centers, but in places where urban centers aren't being 
currently hit New Orleans, people would go to. People would still go to Miami, Orlando, Jacksonville, you know, these, you know, the, the big cities. Tampa, Tallahassee. Would... Yeah, I don't know if you'd go to Tallahassee. I don't think there's any reason to go to Tallahassee ever. <laughs> Why is it the capital? <laughs> oh, anyway. But um, but you would you would hit and rather than hitting like yeah like Podunk County in Pennsylvania that has twenty thousand people and spending all the resources to you know you know get a slightly better margin there mm-hmm. you would you know go to where you can talk to a bunch of people. I think it's a really what? that's a really important point because they elect things on they, they we elect presidents on the margins we go like okay where can we shave a few votes here where rather than actually having a message that unites the most people possible so like, how, how can i appeal mm. to the very few people who live here so the other guy doesn't get them yep yeah, yeah. and this i mean some people say that's like that's like that we get centrist policy that way which i don't know i don't think that's true and sometimes like, why do you want centrist policy? But it doesn't, it doesn't a, mean anything. Like yeah. when I hear centrist, I mean slightly, I hear slightly right of center. I oh yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah. Because it's a, a, I, I finally figured out the name of it. The Overton window is this window, this cultural window of like what is far left and what is far right. And it shifts depending on how culture is, is thinking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so what, what's happened since, well, really since Fox News is it's shifted to the right. So what appears as far left is isn't like mm. as as far left as, as as it has been in the past. And I, I think we you see evidence of that in these sort of uh, uh ballot measurements that are get put on in different states. Things like legalizing recreational marijuana use, mm. raising the minimum wage. Like Florida yep. went red and Florida I'm sick of Florida being referred to as a swing state. We are the yeah. reddest of red states to to hell with this place. Um, but we, we voted to approve a $15 an hour minimum wage that would, you know, raise a dollar an hour, but, and get to 15 bucks by 2026 too slow, but that passed overwhelmingly. Yep. And this state yep. went for Trump. Yeah. Like the, these, and then, these... and then 2000, it was a 2016 or 2018 where they passed the, 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 if you've been, a, if you've been convicted of a felony, but served your time, you're re-enfranchised. Yep, which passed in Florida, and then right. the the current governor, um, who's who? Well, it was it named... was Rick Scott, and then it was announced DeSantis, but they're both fighting yeah. it. Like, yeah, they're, they're like, trying. They they're having these poll taxes. Like yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta which pay are unconstitutional. Us money. <laughs> right, you gotta pay us this money. We're not going to tell you how much we're going to pay. You need to pay. Yeah. But then there's also I don't know if it's it still exists, but a few years ago there was like this advisory board where to get reinfranchised, you had to like appear before the governor. And yep. he he basically said says yes or no based on what he's feeling that day. Yeah, yeah, total like emperor of Rome situation. Yeah, like there's no rules or law or or norms. <laughs> it's messed up. It. Yeah, so there there are two things I would like to see on Florida ballot measurements in the near future. One is the thing to join that cabal of people who are. Who, yeah. who, who actually want to do the will of the people and have a popular vote. And also the second one I forgot. <laughs> Is it marijuana, John? <laughs> no, it's not. Um. That, that'll, that'll happen anyway. Um, <laughs> but there, there's, uh, there, there's something that really disturbed me on the Florida ballot this year. And that's there was a, a ballot measurement that, if passed, 
would, and it didn't, it would have required ballot measurements to pass twice. Yes. Before they I, go into I, I saw that and I was like, nope. What the fuck? <laughs> like, it, it's it's further trying to seize power away from people. And, yep. and it's like, we, we can't get these legislated. So we're going to put them on a ballot. And the people who don't want to legislate them, like, well, let's make them pass twice. Yeah. So yeah. that people are really sure that's what they want to do. Like, fuck you. Yeah. If we yeah. say yes, you do it. That's This is how democracy works. If we tell you system. to do something, yeah. you do it. Yep. And that, that made me real mad when I was, yeah. and thankfully that did not pass. Yeah. So there's that. Because I think, oh, I mean, I think people probably, this is, I, I saw that and I was like, well, this this is stupid. And also, where do you stop that? Where do you say, like, oh, two times, two times is like something passes twice that they don't like. So then they make it three times. And then they make it, and then you're looking at, it takes 16 years to introduce a law mm-hmm. or introduce a change. Like, what, like, that's that's deferring the will of the people. Yeah, you know, and and deferring the will is a is is suppressing the will, um, and, and and for what? Like to what end? Like so people don't make a living wage, and, and it was such like a naked, disgusting yeah. Uh, suppression. Yeah, but anyway, we should probably able- close it out here in a minute. Yeah, well, the electoral college—it's what—it's—it's—it's it's, it's what we have. We don't have to have it, right? So let's let's do something about it, right? Well, let's, happens. let's close out, let's, let's, let's close out here because, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, throughout what we're doing here, we'll take plenty of shots at Joe Biden. Let's say one thing nice about Joe Biden uh, as a, as a final thought here. Uh, and this, this is what I had lined up. Uh, Joe Biden gives a shit if you live or die. Mm. So yeah. at least there's that. Yeah. And I think that it's just uh, Joe Biden gives a shit if someone in your family has died. Like he, mm-hmm. like he cares, and yeah. wants to wants to stop the carnage. Yeah. He he might not have the best ideas on everything, but he cares if you live or die. Yeah, yeah. God bless America. <laughs> That's it. That's the end. Bye.